Good morning everyone, how are you doing? And 
Father, in the name of Jesus, say so I thank you this morning for your love, your mercies, and your kindness. Say, my Father, I come to you this morning. I ask that you show me mercy. I ask that your favor and your mercy come upon me this morning. In the name of Jesus, go ahead. And pray just one moment. Go ahead and pray just one moment. Lord, we ask your mercy. Your mercy. Your mercy. Look upon us with the eyes of your mercy. Your mercy, Lord. 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 Show us mercy. Be kind to us. Be merciful to us. Be kind to us, Lord. Lenavraha shadi gradas. O lebara shatagaba. Tanda koza baladish keveledos talasis. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Let your mercy, Lord, mercy, 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 mercy. Cleanse us, Lord, with your mercy. Bring us to you with your mercy. Shine the light of your mercy upon us. We activate the blood of mercy. We activate the voice of mercy. Let it speak for us. Your mercy, Lord. Your mercy, Lord. In Jesus' powerful name. We pray. Amen and amen. All right. Lord, guide us through your word this morning. We ask that you illuminate our eyes to see through scriptures. 
Open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear your word. Let your word gain ground in our hearts. Let it produce our desired results. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. It's our month of answered prayer. It's our month of answered prayer. And I promised to do some teachings on prayer, which it looks like I've not really had the time to do. So I would love us to um, touch in that regard this morning. And I'm going to start from why many prayers are not answered. Why many prayers are not answered. Why many prayers are not answered. Before we start off on that foot, let us not assume, killing every doubt. What is prayer? Wherever you are, in your own short definition, I would like to see it on your screen. What is prayer to you, to you, to you? What is prayer? What is your definition, description of prayer? It could be from scripture. It could be from your own understanding. What is prayer? Go ahead. Put it up there on your screen for me. Put it up there on your screen for me. If you are joining us for the first time, kindly go ahead and follow the page. All right? Just look at the top of your screen. You're going to find a place where you can follow, follow the page. Follow the page. All right? Mausenam said, communicating with God. Mrs. Della said, communicating with God. Okay. Who else? Oya parashati vratasus. Telamande vedos gratisis. Communication with God. Okay. Vera said, communication between God and man. Okay. Nanaba said, prayer is communicating with the Father in heaven. Okay. Prayer is communicating with God. Ah, everybody is saying communication. Okay. Communicating with God. Portia. Queen um, Dela interacting with God. Intimacy. Okay. Mr. Solomon, is a conversation between you and God. Still back to, we are all still on the same subject. Okay. Prayer is talking to God. They are still the same thing. Communicating with God on things we need, either on physical or spiritual. Communicating with God. Awesome. Fellowship with God. Awesome. We are still on the same thing. So no other definition. All right. What is communication? Those of you who have said communicating, all of you and everything you've said in, in direct word and in a different word, whether talking to God, fellowshipping, um, uh, conversation, interacting, you are still on the same subject of communication. So what is communication? What is communication? 
talking to God verbal or non-verbal. Okay. Interacting with God. Okay. What is communication? Now let's deal with the statement communication. Since we say prayer is communication, fellowship, interacting. So what is communication in plain English? Not, not spiritual now. What is interaction or interacting and what is fellowship? Help me. Help me. Let's go. Let's go. What is communication? What is interaction? What is fellowship? Communication is conversation between two people. Okay. Sending and receiving information. Awesome. Communication is sending and receiving messages. Exchange of information, verbal and non-verbal. Imparting or exchanging of information by speaking, writing, or using other means. Communication is sending and receiving information. Okay. All right. A process of giving information from a sender through a medium to a receiver. Awesome. So now we all agree, a lot of us agree that prayer is communication. And we agree that communication is, from what we've said now, communication is a dialogue. All right. There is, I think I like my sister at the last um, um, point. He said it is a dialogue. Or you are giving and receiving information, but it has to be through a medium. Okay? Giving and receiving information. It has to be, there has to be a medium. So I'm communicating with you right now, every one of you, through my phone. And you having a phone also has to also enable you to receive what I'm communicating. But the phone is not just enough. We needed um, a program in the phone, either um, iOS or Android, to be able to aid the hardware that we are communicating through. And even the iOS is not enough, or the Android, there have to be something called Podbean. All right? So there is a medium called the phone, and the phone needed another medium of support called the software. All right, the operating system. Then the operating system needed another medium of support, which is called the software. And all right, and that software also needed another support, which is called the internet, which is that I just spoke about data. So all these channels have to be put together to be able to make that communication possible. All right, for us to be able to um, interact in this way. We, we're not seeing ourselves. Some are in far countries, and yet we could just sit by our phone and communicate and do things very easy because of technology. All right. Now, we're talking about the technology of prayer, and we have all agreed or said that prayer is a communication, which is talking receiving or sending and receiving somebody said it is communication and um, between two persons either by writing or by speaking someone said verbal or non-verbal okay my question for you now is simple have you been communicating with god i want a feedback 
Have you been communicating with God? That is my first question to you now. I'm glad you know the definition. I want to see your answer. Yes or no? Have you been... Don't forget what communication is. I talk to you. You talk to me. That's what we said. All right. Okay. Everybody saying yes. Beautiful. So when last when last did did you talk to God? I want to see your answer. Today, yesterday, last year, when last did you talk talk to God? Somebody said Pasha, yes. When last did you talk to God? All right. Somebody said just this morning. Somebody said yesterday. Okay. This morning, yesterday, this morning, all right, yesterday, okay. Some people are not even responding to me, like, they are not part of this meeting. The Lord is your strength. All right, another question. When last did you hear from God? When last did you hear God talk to you? Somebody said yesterday. Okay. Yesterday. Okay. I'm waiting for the rest of you. few days ago. That means the prayer you prayed this morning. So those of you who said, who defined prayer as a dialogue, communication, and you said you prayed this morning, and the last time you heard from God was actually yesterday. That means the prayer you prayed this morning was not actually a communication. I hope you see where I'm going to. And some of you can't remember when last you heard from God. Some of you say you don't hear God. Some of you are not sure if you even heard God. You're only assuming. If I ask some now, so what did God tell you? Say, I read my Bible and, okay, if we are to go into details now, discover that some of us didn't really hear, hear God. We only have to just assume that, okay, that thing that I that happened to me. It looks like I heard God. So now, it means that two things are involved now. We don't really believe prayer is communication. Or we don't know how to communicate. Or we are not using what we call communication properly. It's like the phone now. The phone was supposed to be a medium of communication. But suddenly, other features were put into the phone, which includes um, gaming, video and music all right and those other um parts that were added to the phone are not for communication gaming is not for communication watching movies is not communicating playing songs is not communicating all right you have calendar in your phone but it's not for communication so it means a lot of us have now created other features in prayer. 
we have now built other futures in prayer that is no longer the original intent of what prayer is. So we go to the place of prayer while we are praying, we sleep off. We go to the place of prayer while we are praying, we start crying. We go to the place of prayer while we are praying, we start complaining of all our problems. You don't come to communicate with me and you are complaining. No, that's not communication. All right? You don't come to me in communication and you are just murmuring. No, that means you don't want my input. I'm trying to make us get prayer down to the least, least level of prayer. Prayer is simple. If you believe here that prayer is communication, then you must understand how easy communication is. All right? It might take longer time based on the subject of communication. It might take longer time based on the mood of the communicators. Now, let's say husband and wife is trying to communicate on an issue that regard to, let's say, their children's school fee or... Um, how they share financial responsibility or an issue that happened in the past. And if the husband chooses to come, my wife, what you did is not right. And begin to raise his voice. And the wife probably is, is also in the same temperament or not in a good mood to respond. What's going to happen? She will give the same response. The man is shouting. The woman is shouting. At that point, there is no communication. If also one of them is not in a happy mood, or one of them, something you would have communicated lightly, communication simply means talk in a way I will understand. Then I talk, you wait for me to talk back to you. Not only you talking, 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 talking. And the other one comes and just start talking, 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 murmuring, complaining how she has been treated bitterly, how she's not loved, how she's hated, how she's not cared for. Start talking and all of it. And the other one is quiet. At that point, there's no communication going on. One person is just laying complaint. One person is just accusing the other. And... I'm glad to actually announce to us that this is what a lot of us do to God. You start off on a good foot, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you. Some don't even do that too. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Bless me. Father, look at my friend John. John bought a car. I am still here. Oh, God bless me. God, Mary is married. When will I get married? Will you leave me like this? God, I thought you care about me. God, don't you care again? Am I not your daughter again? God, I see, I've been praying, you know. I've been tightened. I've been giving offering. I've been, Lord, see, Pastor Robert gave me fasting. I finished the fasting. Lord, God, God, see, you know I love you now. I don't want to go and do another thing, you know. God, you know me. You know me, I'm a good girl. You know me, I'm a good girl. I don't want to go and do another thing. Look at people who are sleeping around. They are married. Look at that woman, Kra, does not deserve that marriage. She's married, but look, God, God bless me. Oh, any evil author, any evil author in my family, spoiling my marriage, die. 
go die. God, is this altar too hard for you to break? Lord, destroy this altar. Let me marry now. Look at um, um, Levinus have left me. Um, Pius have left me. Um, John Paul has left me. Timothy has left me. Lord, four men this year, only me. What did I do? What did I do? God, what did I do? <laughs> Before you know, she have stopped praying, you know. Start crying. After crying for till when? She will not stand up and walk out. So you see our comment on the screen. You will see emotions all over our all over our, our prayers. Somebody said it's not easy. Somebody saying, hmm, hmm, hmm. That shows us how we don't pray. All right? That shows us how we don't pray. We are just being emotional. Listen. Listen. Prayer. God is not emotional. God is compassionate. And if you must deal, when you are dealing with a person, you, you study the traits of the person. All right? You don't try to use emotional blackmail to get what you want. Oh, God, I don't have a child. After all my years of being a Christian, God, God. Thinking that if you now cry, God will now see that, oh, you are being, um, you are in pain. Then God will now say, oh, his heart will now be touched. God is not your father from your village. Even your father from your village cry, it's not every cry that touches heart. Eh? Even your own father, it's not all your cry that he listens to. So you think God is principle. The spirit realm is not emotional. The spirit realm is guided by principles. All right? The realms of the spirit is guided by angels are not emotional. Understand that God has set up structures and these structures are being run by spirits, systems, and principles. Spirits are not emotional beings. You can be crying. An angel comes. They don't even understand why you are crying. Why is this one crying? To you, you are in pain. Spirit don't feel pain. They're like, oh, this one saying, why is he crying? My friend, take this thing, let me go. Or oh, do this thing. We are waiting for you to pray for 10 hours and you are crying. You have not even done prayer for two minutes. Why are you crying? My friend, cry. We came to collect your prayer. Angels are not emotional beings. All right? They are principled beings. They are principled beings. That is why they didn't understand why Jesus died for us. And they began to ask, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Man is too weak. Man is too soft. Man is too emotional. Man is too... Why are you being so kind to these people? We that is here that we don't cry, we don't um, experience lust, we don't um, marry, we, we are just busy here. You don't care about us so much. You are caring about those soft beings. And Jesus did that because he was also a man. The reason why Jesus was able to show compassion, have feelings for people, is because he came as a man. Alright? If he was there, out there as a spirit that he is, spirit don't get emotional. No. So he has to feel our compassion. He has to feel our pain. He has to feel the temptation we went through. He had to feel the hunger. At some point, he was hungry. At some point, he was, in, he was beaten. He was in pain. At some, so God had to make him feel the things we felt so that he would be able to save us. If Christ never gone through what you are going through now, he can't be your savior. He went through every part of it. Oh, Pastor God does not understand. Look at me, I'm not married. Jesus did not get married. Pastor God does not understand. I don't have a child. 
Jesus did not get the child. He did it. If you read the book of Hebrews, Hebrews said in all of this, he did everything. He said, we don't have a high priest who is not touched by our pain. He is touched. He feels what we feel because he was once human. He feels what we feel. All right? So you must understand that you are dealing with a high priest and a mediator who understands you. But at the same time, emotional blackmail does not grant you answers to prayer. Blackmailing God emotionally doesn't bring answers to prayer. So if you are the type who always cry in prayer, I have a news for you. Your cry is not necessary. What is important in your prayer, I've said to us that prayer is like a law court. Prayer is like a law court. Going to court, you go to court and they accused you that, um, what is it called? You stole something or somebody encroached on your property and you're trying to get it back. And they are put in the docket and the, the uh, lawyer came to examine you and said, Madam, did you say that this property belongs to you? When did you buy it? Where is your document? What is your proof that you own this land? How long have you owned this land? How did this man take this land from you? And you look at the lawyer. <laughs> it's my land. It's my land. Give me my land. Give me my land. What are you saying? You're going to lose that case, even if you are right. They didn't ask you to come and cry. They said, show us facts. Show us reasons. That is how prayer works. Bring forth your strong reasons. The Bible said in the book of um, Isaiah, bring forth your strong reasons. Produce your cause. Why should we give this to you? Why should you have this? You don't come and try to get emotional with God and just, no, it doesn't work. And what a lot of us do, I think I, I, I scolded somebody on that days ago. A lot of you here are guilty on that. Now we say, we're praying. Um, let us pray for God to heal um, our father or our mother is sick or we want a job. Let us pray. So we lift up the prayer. A lot of you don't even know, you don't, you don't know how to pray. Prayer is taught. Luke 11 verse 1 says, teach us how to pray. Like John taught. So there is how to pray. And look at what a lot of us do. So we're now praying now. Father, um, bless Benedicta, for an example. Oh, Father, bless Benedicta. Oh, God, bless Benedicta. So we begin to pray, pray, pray. You see that disbeliever now. God bless Benedicta. Father, we come against every power that is fighting this government. Father, we come against, oh, Father, anything that is making me not to get married. Father, we destroy it. Oh, holy... Probably along the line, maybe somebody begin to play instrument or choir begin to sing. Choir begin to sing. The next thing they do is, oh, Father, oh, Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. This somebody was praying, oh. Somebody was praying for Benedicta. Oh, Holy Spirit, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Prayer is not done. They've left the prayer, entered other issues. They, they've left the prayer, get it, a music just entered now. They get into emotion. Some some will leave prayer and start singing. Some of you are like that. Prayer is going on. Prayer on. After like two, three minutes, five minutes, then you start singing. Huh. Baba, we are in your prayers. The people are still praying, you know. Let it rain. What are you doing? What do you think you are doing? That's not prayer. Some of you are here. You are guilty of this. That's not prayer. 
all right? Whether you are in the group that leaves the subject of the prayer and begin to pray other things, or you are in the group that leaves your prayer and begin to sing, you don't know how to pray. You don't know how to pray. That's not how to pray. Stay on the subject matter. Another thing some of us do is that we lift up prayer and Father, we're praying for Sister Jester. Our Father, bless her, increase her. So we, begin, we say, okay, let's leave the prayer right now. Oh, Father, we pray for Sister Jester. Father, we pray for Sister Jester. Oh, God, we pray. Oh, God, we pray. Oh, God, we pray. Father, we pray for Sister Jester. Increase her, bless her. Do you know what this set of people are doing now? They feel if they continue praying in tongues, they have stopped praying for Sister Jester. So they have to pray in the language they understand, either in Ewe or in English or in Chui, in Igbo, in Hausa, in Yoruba, whatever that it is. So if we start praying in tongues, we have stopped praying for her. We don't understand. So let's pray in English. Oh, Father, we pray. Oh, Father, we pray. Oh, Father, we pray. Father, we pray for Sister Jester. Father, we pray for Sister Jester. No, no, no. I was somewhere days ago. Somebody was saying something. Um, um, as we pray this prayer, don't pray in tongues. Pray the prayer of mercy. You don't pray the prayer of mercy in tongues. You have to pray the prayer of mercy in your understanding. Don't pray in tongues. Don't pray in tongues at all. No, 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 no. It doesn't work. Don't. That's not true. That's not true. All you will say is that you want to pray in your normal language so that you feel satisfied. That, okay, you've asked God for mercy. You feel justified for your own self. Hear me? Speaking in tongues covers everything. When it comes to communicating with God, speaking in tongues covers everything. Oh, pastor, so if I stand up to pray, um, how should I start? Should I start in tongues or start in English? Whatever way you start doesn't really matter. Okay? It doesn't really matter. But a matured believer who is born of the Spirit, filled of the Spirit, understands that you start off in prayer in the Spirit. Okay? You start off in prayer. Oh, you see, we have to first mention the prayer in our local dialect, then before we now go and um, we start speaking in tongues so that um, we can now... No, that's not what it is. You can just wake up in the morning from your bed. You can do this for one hour. You can do this for two hours. As long as, don't forget, the point of prayer is communication. As long as in what you are doing, you can get a feedback. All right? As long as in what you are doing... It's not just a monologue. You can get a feedback from heaven. You are matured enough to that realm. If what will give you feedback is praying in your natural language, no problem. If what will give you feedback, but it's easier to get feedback praying in the spirit. Because the Bible said that he that speaketh in tongues speaketh unto God. So, let's just start prayer. And we have to start with your normal language before you enter speaking in tongues. You are wrong. You are limiting yourself in walking in the Spirit. 
You see, it's not good to start in tongues. You have to first of all say what you understand. No, the one of the essence of tongues is to actually charge you up. Bible said it's for your edification. All right, is to charge you up so that when you are now speaking even in your natural dialect, you are talking from the heavenly realms. Does that mean when you pray in tongues and people don't understand you, your prayer is useless? No, I didn't say that. You are praying for yourself. Now, this is what Bible said concerning speaking in tongues. This is what Bible said concerning speaking in tongues. It said if you are praying in church, for example, now, I'm leading prayer here. If you are amongst matured saints, I can just come online without saying a word. If a matured believer joins this line, what the mature believer will do is to join me. What the mature believer will do is to join me. We're not going to wait and say, okay, when will they start praying? When will pastor start praying? And now wait, 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 speaking in tongues. They are not praying, no, let's leave. They will now leave going to another prayer meeting. That's an immature believer. A mature believer will understand that I'm praying already. What the mature believer will do is to get involved and a very matured believer by the Spirit. Listen, don't forget, speaking in tongues is true. There is speaking in other tongues and there is interpretation of tongues. A matured, a more matured believer, by joining me to pray, we get communication in the spirit what I am praying about. So by the time he's done, by the time that believer is done, we say, um, while I was praying, this is what God said to me. This is what, and I would say, ah, that's what I was praying about too. Oh, that's what I heard. So in both of us speaking in tongues, without even saying any word in our normal language, we heard the same thing. The Holy Spirit communicated the same thing. But if I come to this platform, knowing that we are over 30 people online right now, knowing that everybody is not in the same level of growth, knowing that everybody might not speak in tongues, or not everyone can interpret tongues, what do I do? I have to first of all speak in my natural language. I have to first of all speak in my natural language, which the general language now is English. All right, everybody, we're going to pray now. The prayer we'll pray is that God should bless Ghana, is that God should keep the president, God should increase the nation. All right? Everybody will now understand, will now start and go into speaking in tongues. But a more matured believer comes to meet me speaking in tongues. We not wait to hear, oh, let's wait, um, let's pray. No, 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 no. No. We join me in the flow and begin to pray. Not just, don't forget, the context of prayer is communication. Communication. In that tonguing that you are doing, are you communicating or you are just catching phone? Alright? I'm not going to dwell on this topic. I have done a teaching already on speaking in tongues. Go through the podcast. Go and listen to that teaching. And you're going to get whatever question you have concerning speaking in tongues. That teaching is detailed. Your speaking in tongues is for your edification. If you still have questions about these small, small things, then how do you now understand the technology of prayer? If you are not still sure about these little, little things. I'm not even entered into whatever I want to teach now. I'm just trying to talk on the outside of it. Alright? So, whether you start off your prayer by speaking in tongue, you start off your prayer by speaking your local dialect, you are praying. But, 
the most effective communication in prayer is praying in the Holy Ghost. Alright? That is what I'm trying to point out. It's praying in the Holy Ghost. Another thing I have seen that a lot of us do wrong in the place of prayer is vain repetition. Vain repetition. Let's get Matthew 6 verse 7. Repeating the same words. Repeating the same words again and again and again. Believing that if I can get 6 and 7, I'll be glad. Matthew 6, 6 and 7. Matthew 6, 6 and 7. So I have to say one thing again and again. Oh God, oh Father Lord, oh Father Lord, bless me. Father Lord, bless me. Father Lord, bless me. Oh Father Lord, hey, bless me. Bless me Lord. Father Lord, bless me. Bless me Father Lord. In the name of Jesus, bless me. Oh, look at what he said. He said, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in the secret shall reward thee openly. Verse 7, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard, for they are much speaking. So thinking you have to talk plenty before you get answer to prayer is not true. So I have to say one thing in 20 different ways. Father Lord, bless me. Bless me, Father Lord. Um, prosper me. Increase me. You are still saying the same thing. You are still saying the same thing. Then the repetition does not give you answers to prayer. Oh God, won't you bless me? Oh God, when will you bless me? Oh God, how will you bless me? Oh God, bless me now. God, send me blessing. God, bring me blessing. Throw me blessing. Pour me blessing. Charlie, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. It's a dialogue. The moment you are dialoguing and you are talking too plenty, I'm talking with you now and you are talking too much, you're going to get me lost. I'm not saying God can get lost, but you're going to get me lost. You're going to distract me. And what I was supposed to respond to you, two things are happening. You might not allow me to talk and I just keep quiet. Or I'm talking to you because you are talking too much then you won't hear what I'm saying. So what do you do in prayer? If you're praying for one hour, it's either you have an extra time to hear God or pray for 40 minutes and stop. Okay? Pray for 40 minutes, stop. When you stop, what do you do? Go quiet. Or stay in the place of worship and meditation. Or Bible study. Stop. The prayer of Father, 20 prayer points. You pray from 10 to 5 a.m. in the morning. You are done. In Jesus' day. Amen. You now go and sleep. It's part of why you don't get answers to prayer. It's part of why you don't get a lot of answers to prayer. It's part of why you don't get answers to prayer. Because in the place of prayer, sometimes God has to give you instructions. In the place of prayer, sometimes you need to get a witness in your spirit that this prayer is not enough or this prayer is enough. Okay? It has to be witnessed in your spirit that, man, you've prayed. 
or you have not prayed. You have to, you can, you might need to get an instruction in your spirit that, okay, um, you have now prayed. What I want you to do is go on a fast. Do this and do that and do whatever that it is. It is very important. So in the summary, communication is actually hearing from God. So if you're telling me you have been praying and you don't hear God, that means you have not actually been praying. What you have been doing is reporting yourself or complaining. Hmm? You have been on a monologue system of prayer, not dialoguing. Dialogue is a two-way thing. It's a two-way thing. So all these things are not part of things that helps you get answers to prayer. They rather take answers from you. All right. So my first point is, we just touched it now because of our answers came from there. One reason why people don't get answer to prayer is that they don't dialogue. They don't communicate. They don't dialogue. So you want to start getting answers to prayer, start communicating. I remember years ago, we were to have a program in our church, and uh, my pastor called us and said, I was still in Nigeria, about 13, 14 years now, called us to church and said, we should all lay on the altar and pray. So we all laid on the altar and began to pray, and began to pray, and began to pray. Say so we should stay there and pray. We should pray for the program. We were praying, praying. After we finished, stood up. Say, all right, every one of you, what did you hear or what did you see? I was confused. I never knew that you have to pray and hear or pray and see. I was just a new believer, even less than one year. It didn't make sense to me. Like, what are you saying? What did I hear or see? I've already told God that God should bless the program. Oh, Father, bring people to come. Father, oh, let the blind be healed. Let the sick be healed. Oh, Father, Father, oh, Father, oh, Father. I've done what I know. I ask him, what did I see? One person said, I saw flood. I saw flood. It was an abundance of rain everywhere. The pastor was like, okay, that's awesome. The other one said, they asked me. I said, nothing. The other of us, we said, we didn't see anything. pastor began to laugh. Oh, you said you prayed? Said, we prayed. We, we prayed. We prayed. And he didn't end up teaching us that, okay, this is how to pray. This is how to pray. Is not how to pray. All right? So you see those who spend hours in the place of prayer. They either spend hours and hold on and hear God, or they pray and they wait. They pray and they wait. They pray and they wait. Getting feedback to know what, what next to see. Not just keep talking, 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 talking. So what next do I see? It is dependent on what God is saying right now. So I'm praying suddenly, oh, Father, bless me, bless me, bless me. And in the course of praying, I'm able to dialogue to God. I'm asking somebody to bless me. So I, it's not, I'm, I don't have to force the person now to bring the blessing by force. No. I'm asking somebody to bless me. So what is the person saying? Is he saying he will? Is he saying I should wait? Is he saying, okay, I've given the blessing to somebody. Go and collect it. I don't even know. Father, bless me. Oh, God. Oh, God. If you don't bless me, this year, hey, God, this April already, God. Oh, God. Father, ka, 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 Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Let's, Charlie, calm down. Calm down. The person you are asking to bless you, what is he saying? All right? So, I could be praying that prayer, 
And in the place of praying and listening to the Holy Spirit, he says to me, stop praying. Start praying for Ghana. Pray for the country. There is something he is up to. It could be he has seen that if the blessing comes, there will be a chaos in the country that will make me lose my blessing. Or he has seen that my blessing is tied to the betterment of the country. Or he will tell me, okay, stop praying for yourself. Stop praying for um, um, Sister Augustina. It could be that, okay, he's saying, I put my blessing in her hand. So pray for her. Something is about to happen that will bring the answers to you. But I'm just there without hearing what he's saying for that. Oh God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. You just wasted your precious energy. And this is why a lot of us easily get tired in the place of prayer. That you can't even pray for long. Your energy is not renewed because you are not communicating in the spirit. Alright? So you want to get you want to stop delays to prayer. Start communicating. Start communicating. Instead of demanding, asking, talking, start communicating. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Let's run through some scriptures. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. So if we can actually pray, everybody can hear God. If we can pray, everyone can hear God. If we can pray the prayer of dialogue, everyone can hear God. And if you have been following me, I always challenge us every day, every week, every month. What has God told you this year? What has God told you this month? All right, thank you, Officer Ija. Thank you, Francisca. He said, call on to me. And I will answer thee. So are you seeing prayer? Are you seeing prayer? Call unto me. Then me will answer thee. Alright? How do I answer you? And I will show thee. Are you following? This is what prayer is. Call unto me. I will answer you. So let me ask you. All the prayer you have been praying. Have God been answering you? So... Our context of answer is that I'm asking God for a car. Oh, Father, give me a car. So because the car has not come, God has not answered. No. If the car had not come, it simply means you have not received the car. It doesn't mean God has not heard you or God has not answered. The answering is in the place, is answering your prayer first, not your request. The first answer you get is answer to your prayer. Okay, is God talking back to me? Father, I want a car. So what did God say? All right, I'm going to give you a car. Hold on. It's not time for you to get a car. You don't want a car. So the first thing is in what I'm asking. What did God say? So he said, part of the ways I answer you, it could be an audible voice. God says, hold on. It could be a small, still voice in your heart. It is done. I will give it to you. The other thing is that he said, I will show you. It could be while you are praying, the Lord opens your eyes, puts in your mind a vision of a car. He said, that's the kind of car I'm going to give to you. I'm not saying you just wake up and go and just create one vision of your own car. Wow. Oh, yeah. You just went to pray. Prayer of one hour. You just did 20 minutes. You now choose, choose to see whatever you want to see by your own self, not God showing you. So, correct. I've seen the car. Oh, yeah. Let's go. And after six months, he said to me, 
um, this thing. All right. So he said, call on to me. I will answer you. So this is a dialogue now. Talk to me. I will talk back to you. I will talk back to you. So we could see the life of Job from Job chapter 1, chapter 2. Job went into trouble, lost everything. From Job 3, he became completely stranded. Till Job chapter 40, all he was doing, him and his friend, they were talking and praying, talking and praying, blaming God, blaming God. God did not respond once. I think it was from Job chapter 40 that God replied him. That was when the true dialogue started. The moment God began to reply Job, two chapters later, his life changed. So you see, you see now, this was Job's answer was tied to him praying for his friends. But he didn't know because he had not been allowing God to talk. Only him was talking. Only him was talking. Oh God, where's my blessing? Oh God, this. Oh God, look at me with all my distance. I've been upright. I've been this. His friend will talk their own prayers, dialogue. So they were talking and talking and praying and talking and talking and talking. God did not respond once. It was in Job 40 that God said, Job, if you say you are a man, come, let's talk. If you say you are a man, you have been blaming me all along. I didn't say a word. If you say you are a man, it's there. It's in the Bible. If you say you are a man, come. Come and answer me like a man. Were you there when I created heaven and earth? Were you there when the stars were made? Were you there when I put the earth? Without, where, where is the pillar of the earth? Where is the pillar of the galaxies? Do you know how I formed this? God, God began to query Job. And Job said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. I didn't know I'd been wrong. Throughout chapter, chapter 40, I think from 39. Very interesting scripture if you actually read it. Job 39, 40, 41, 42. So from 39, 40, 41, God now heard Job accountable. And Job now knew that he has been wrong. I have not been dialoguing. I have not been blaming God from chapter 3 down to chapter 39. I have been blaming God. So in chapter 40, 42, God said, your friends of Job have been living a wrong life. Job Go and pray for your friends. So you see, what he needed was restoration. And he was rather communicating and releasing requests, 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 requests. Not asking God, what are you saying? Or what do you want me to do? God said, pray for your friends. He told the friends of Job, take a sacrifice and go to Job. When Job did that, the Bible said, God forgave the friends. And God turned the captivity of Job and things began to work. So if Job had continued blaming and God did not try to interfere in that transaction, Job would have died a nobody. There would not be that end glorious prayer. So one of the things you do is ask him. And make sure you hear. He said, call upon me. I will answer you. That is the main thing in prayer. That thing you are asking for. What has God told you? If you tell me you have not seen or heard anything, then you have not started praying. Alright? Oh, but Pastor, but I prayed though. Two hours. You have not started praying. You are not praying with your spirit. Praying in the spirit is beyond speaking in tongues. Praying in the spirit is as important as shielding, yielding your flesh rather. Pull off your flesh. Communicate from your spirit. Let your spirit be open enough to receive from the spirit of God. That is how far prayer is. If you can't get feedback, then you are not praying. 
I've been praying. I've been praying. I've been praying on this thing. I've been praying on this thing. I think I remember a particular man of God. Was it um, Kenneth Hagin or so? I can't remember. Was praying for somebody. The person was sick. Very sick. Was praying, 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 praying. Praying, prayed. The person should come back. He was confused. Like, I know myself. I don't pray for the sick. And the sick doesn't get healed. Why have I been praying and this person is not getting healed? And he began to query the Holy Spirit. What's wrong? The Holy Spirit said, leave him. He has to die. He will not survive. Why? The Holy Spirit began to show him reasons. Say, look at what the person had done. Look at what the person has said. The person had used his mouth to give out his life. So nobody can save him. He has to die. He said he has to stop praying. In the book of um, First Samuel, Samuel was crying over Saul and praying until God appeared and said, Why are you weeping over Saul? So what a lot of us are actually saying that God is not answering my prayer. I don't know. Pastor, why am I not getting married? Why don't I have a job? Why don't I? God is not answering me. God is not. God, God still hear me. The problem is that you are not interacting. You are not communicating. You are only imposing your request on God. All right? You are only imposing your request on God. Father, what are you saying? Lord, what do you want me to do? Listen, listen. The reason why you are not married is not just the altar in your family. The reason why you are not married is not just the evil pattern in your family. The reason why, I'm sorry for using marriage as an example. Ew, people that are single will not feel I'm, I'm attacking them. The reason why you are not getting answer is not just the altar. It's not just whatever that is in your family. The reason is because you have not heard your own strategy from God. All right? The reason why you have not gotten that answer is that you've not heard from God. You've not heard from God. So you could be praying, Oh, Father, I want, a, a, I want to go to abroad. I want to go to abroad. And God is saying, and there are altars in the family that makes people not to travel. All right? People don't travel in the family. It doesn't work for them. But God tells you, All right, this is what you should do. Go to 21 days fast. This is what you should do. Do a crazy sacrifice. This is what you should do. Don't apply this month. Apply next month. This is what you should do. Don't go to America. Go to China. So you see the person coming, Father, America visa, America visa. This person actually prayed according to us. Prayed. But God is saying, it's not America I want you to go, it's China. So after prayer for 13 hours, for 21 days, goes to the embassy and is rejected visa. The person come back feeling defeated and crying. Say, Pastor, without my fasting, Pastor, without my prayer, Pastor, I saw Sido. Why did God do this to me? The person feel broken and complaining. But what God is actually saying is go to China. So because the person did not wait to hear from God, because the person already have what they want in their heart, so they end up feeling disappointed and broken. Whether that is what God wants for them, they don't know. Whether that was the time God wanted for them, they don't even know. They don't even know. Are you getting my point now? Are you getting my point? So you don't just impose things on God in the place of prayer. No. Prayer is not for imposition. Prayer is not for imposition. Don't just impose things on God in the place of prayer. Find out what is his interest? What is his will? So, Pastor, does it mean everything I must pray for? Um, 
must be what God wants. No. You can pray for what you want, but it is best to leave things in his will. You can pray. I can, I can start to want a car and pray for it. I will get it. I can start to want money. But there are times God can say, okay, I don't want to give you this one. All right? So it's a two-way thing. Don't come and put everything on. Oh, let me wait. That's what a lot of us do. That's a very lazy character. Hmm. Whatever God says, oh, hmm. my life is in the hand. Whatever God says, not because they actually trust God. Oh. Laziness and ignorance. Whatever God says, if God says, I will get a car, I will get. If God says, I won't get, they have not prayed. They have not heard God. They have nothing, nothing, nothing. They are not asking God, what are you saying? Nothing. They are not, there's nothing. Whatever God says, I'm fine with it. If God says, my life will remain like this, who am I to say, mm, whatever, you are a lazy Christian. There's nothing, you are a lazy, emotional Christian. It is in the place of communication that you know what God says, not whatever God says. Let the will of God be done. Have you asked God what is his will? Why Christ was talking, listen, the prayer Jesus prayed that, Father, if it is um, possible, let this cup pass over me, but nevertheless, let thy will be done. That prayer was not one plain prayer. He knew what the will of God was already. Don't forget, he's aware he came to die. Are you following me? He's aware he came to die. So from that context of his prayer, we could understand that his prayer was against the will of God. You are not getting me right now. Jesus was praying against the will of God. He knew the will of God, that the will of God was death for him. If somebody getting me at all, I'm alone. He knew the will of God was him to die. That was the will. But when he saw a vision, the kind of death he was to die, he was scared because he was now a human being, no more a spirit. He was a human being. So he was praying against God's will. Say, Father, take away this death from me. Take away this. But nevertheless, let thy will. So let thy will is not just uh, one statement of anything. If I say, let the will of God be done, what is the will of God that you know in that issue? You are saying, let the will of God be done. So what I was saying is, okay, Father, take away this death. But if you won't take it away, all right, what we discussed earlier, what we said earlier, which is me dying, no problem, let me still die. So he knew the will already. So you that is saying, let the will of God be done, what do you know about the will of God for you in that subject? So making that statement is not enough, but knowing what the will is and submitting the will in the place of prayer is very important. You want to get married and um, the, the person you want to get married to, let's say is uh, uh, John or Mary. A guy wants to get married to Mary and began to pray, Father, this marriage will work. Father, this marriage will work. But along the line, he began to sense in his spirit. Probably he has gotten a prophecy before that, this is not the person you should get married to. Or he has gotten a feeling in his spirit that this, this is not the person I want, you want you have to get married to. So he began to pray, Father, this marriage, oh God, Father, give me Mary. Father, give me Mary. Father, give me Mary. And he gets to a point. And while he's sensing that, okay, it looks like this is not what God wants for me. All right, Father, I've asked for this, but let your will be done. Okay? So you see, the person's communicating back on God's will is based on something he has sensed or something he knows. Lord, a word has come that this is not what I, I should have. But Lord, I want this. Too. A word has come that I've sensed that this is not what you want for me. Father, I want this. 
But if it is not your will, okay, fine. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. So he's now telling God, Father, if what I'm saying is not what you will end up, you can't change it. Okay, fine. What you said earlier or what I'm sensing or I'm seeing, no problem. Take charge. So, Pastor, does that mean that um, if I see death now upon my life or upon my family, I can't change it? That's not what I'm still saying, you know. You can pray and demand for life. Bible said it, that you can even give life in First John chapter 5. Jesus said they have come to give us life. Psalm 118 verse 7, this I shall not die but live. We should pray for life. But there is a point where God has said, okay, I want to take this person home. This one there, no prayer can stop it. This one, I want to take this one home. This one has to come home. It's time to rest. So how do you pray that prayer? Father, we are praying for life for this person. This one will not die. But the moment you begin to sense that this is what God is saying. All right, Father. Let your will be done. So you do that in the place of you knowing, having a prayer information of what God has said or knowing what God is saying or an issue that is out of your control. So it could be you are not hearing God. All right, Father, I don't know what you're saying. I can't hear anything right now. I can't see anything, but I trust you. I know that whatever you decide for me is good. Let your will be done. So you are now leaving yourself to chance. You don't even know what God is saying. You don't know what God is up to. Father, let your will be done. But because you trust him, you just left it there. And you are willing to take whatever the answer would be. So if God ends up saying no, you will accept it. If God ends up saying yes, you will accept it. So don't just carry that statement and just jump in. Oh, let your will be done. And you don't even know what God's will is. That is in maturity in the place of prayer. Contend for what you want. Bring what you want to God. Mention what you want to God. But in all of it, find out what is God saying. So he said, call unto me, I will answer you. And in answering you, what I'm going to do is I will show you the things you don't know about this subject. I will show you. So in the place of you seeing, you now know, are you following the right path? Are you praying the right prayer or there's some, somebody fighting it? There is something fighting it. There is something stopping it or whatsoever. Or whatsoever. What could be the contention? And you focus on that and pray. I think it was on this platform a few weeks ago. Um, somebody was having a meeting one of the morning. Somebody said she's having pain on the chest or she's in the, I, I, I didn't even know she was in the hospital. And I said, okay, let's pray. When I was to pray, God opened my eyes and said, it's not just what they are treating her about. Somebody stabbed her in the dream, in the chest, which she confirmed, yes, she saw the dream, but she doesn't know who the person is. It's okay. Who, who it is now doesn't matter much. But this is, so understanding the source of the problem made it easier to get the answer. Are you getting it? So I would start praying now. Oh, Father, hey, Father. Yes, I understand we should pray for healing. Sometimes, Knowing the source of the problem matters. Sometimes the person does not need to, no demon, you don't have to be casting any demon. It could be that it came as a result of sin. So what you need now is to ask for mercy. In Mark 4, a man was brought. Is it Mark 4 now? Mark chapter 2, a man was brought by his four friends. In Mark chapter 2 from verse 1, into a meeting where Christ was um, um, praying and the story where they took off the roof of the house. Four friends dropped him. And what did Jesus do? He looked at the man and he said, Thy sins are forgiven. That was all he said. Thy sins 
are forgiven. So which means what brought that man into that condition was actually sin. And in another scripture, Jesus saw a man who was sick and began to cast out devils. You devil out of this man, out of this man. And the demon left and the person was fine. So two persons with different approach. Why? He looked beyond the natural and looked into the spirit and saw what the problem was. All right? All right. So he had to look beyond the natural to know what the problem was. So the person had come, oh, Father, oh, Father, we just pray. You be healed, be healed. You can be praying for healing, not knowing the cause of the problem, that a demon is just there to be casted out, or this person had been living in sin, just needs mercy. So at the end, say, I pray, though, it didn't work. It didn't work. That's not how prayer works. That's not how prayer works. You must understand the technology of prayer. Make proper use of it. And that's it. I think Mrs. Gao asked her to pray for somebody a few days ago. And while she was praying, he said, Hey, man, said, No, you are not done. Because I looked in the spirit. While they were praying, I was falling in the spirit. I saw in the spirit that the spirit was still standing next to the person. I said, No, you are not done. Look at the spirit is still there. What are you saying? You are saying, Amen. So what would have happened? The person would have just, um, you say, man, it will look like the, the person is fine. The person goes back home. The problem now continues again. Ah, I went to church. Oh, I was fine during prayer. As I got back, that's what happened to a lot of us. You come to church and they pray for you before, because you fell down. They say you are free. They will clap hands. You get back home. The problem now continues. And I say, ah, I thought I prayed though. While I was in church, I was fine. And this, that, that. The thing has come back. And the problem was that there was no part proper diagnosis in the realms of the spirit to find out is this thing over is this person free should that be a further instruction in the book of john chapter 5 the man by the pool of bethesda for 38 years after christ told him take up your bed and walk and he left jesus saw him later and said to him go and sin no more lest i think in verse 14 now john 5 14 he said lest what is worse than this will come upon you so from the statement of Jesus, so we, we see now when you, when you saw that man by the pool for 38 years, you would want to be compassionate about for the man. But from what Jesus said, we now know the cause of the problem for 38 years. Look at the statement. Can I get that scripture? I think in verse 14, please check for me. Between 14 to 17, go and sin no more, lest what is worse than this, John 5, John 5, John 5, not First John, just the book of John itself. Chapter 5. Yeah, verse 14. Help me, help me. John 5, 14. Those that post my scripture, once you come online, keep your Bible up open, knowing that we need scriptures. Don't wait when I ask for you, not start looking for. All right, thank you. He said, afterward, Jesus find that him. This was after the man was healed. So Christ did not put blame on the man when he was healing the man. He wanted him to be fine first. Afterward, he find, after Jesus finded him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. See no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. So from this context, we can say that what brought the man's sickness was sin. See no more means you've been sinning before. Do I have English students here? 
Do I have English students here? Do you understand? What, is it right? Sin no more means this man has been sinning. The problem that brought him down for 38 years has been seen. Okay, now, sin no more. Else, what is worse than this is going to come upon you. Alright? So the man now has been healed. But Christ knew that if he doesn't give the man a direction, this man is going to come back. So your own direction now is that stop doing this. You don't have to go and anoint yourself with oil. You don't have to give offering. You don't have to do this. Stop doing this. I remember a young lady reached out to me and said, uh, Pastor, pray for me. What do I do? Things are hard. What is God saying about my life? I said, God says you should stop sleeping with men. Stop sleeping around. She hissed. She just hissed. And ended her call. So you see now that she had what she wanted to hear. Not because the prophecy was wrong, but that was not what she wanted. God should forget about what I'm doing wrong and bless me. No problem. I think she was about actually talking about marriage. She wants to get married. See, this is what God is saying. Another, another one was sent my number from where? Burkina Faso. Somebody gave her my number and, um, oh, she's not getting married. Um, she doesn't have a job. Things are hard since she left Nigeria and all that. And I asked her a question. I said, why are, you, why are you doing prostitution? She did not reply me for two days. She did not reply me for two days. It was late. I messaged, message, she did not reply. Later, she messaged me. I'm like, why were you quiet? I said, Pastor, you just summarized my life in one statement. I said, I didn't even finish you. My question I wanted to ask you is that, why are you worse than a harlot? Say, Pastor, that is even there. That is a better statement for me. He said, the lot can sleep with three, four men a day. He said, I do more than that in one day. Even if it's for free, I will do it for free. Even if it's just to feed, I will do it for, to feed. So I went there. I was caught there for greener pastor, not knowing the person bringing me to Burkina Faso was bringing me for Harlot business. And now my case is worse. And I told her, no problem. I'll take you up in prayer. Took her up in prayer. She had been in that country for over almost 10 years. She doesn't even go back home. The family does not know where she is. She has a child. She has already abandoned in Nigeria and all of that. And by prayer, 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 she said, I can't go home. I don't even know what's wrong. Anytime I gather money, say the demon that wants to waste you being a harlot is what is fighting you. Let us pray. So she came looking for marriage. But there was something more to deal with. And this is what a lot of us do. This is what a lot of us do. You have issues. You have weaknesses that are fighting you. The devil has been stronghold on those things. You want to get married without war, without dealing with those things. You want to get a job. You know you have issue with money. You want to get a job in a bank where you have not sorted your issue with money. You will go to jail. So God is now telling you, fast, pray, so that we can deal with this issue. You don't know what is wrong with you. Before you know, you have taken money. Before you know, you have spent money. Before You don't want that issue to be dealt with, but you want God to give you a job in the bank. At the end, you will end in jail. And you say, oh God, where was God? No, not where was God. You went the wrong way. You went the wrong way. Oh Father, can I just get married? Can I just get married? And you know, you know, you know. You, you know that you sleep too much. You know that you can't cook. You know there are things wrong that need to be fixed. 
So instead of taking those things to God in prayer, you now enter into what you are looking for, unprepared. Unprepared. So the thing that was supposed to be a blessing now become a curse. You want to enter a marriage, you don't believe in respecting a man. Say so we are all equal. I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist. What a man can do, a woman can do better. Stay in your father's house. You don't need marriage. Stay in your father because they will beat you back. Say what a man can do, a woman can do better. They will beat you back to your father's house. They will beat you back. So focus on the areas that need to be changed. Change it first in prayer. Other things will follow. Sometimes what is hindering you is that thing, that weakness that you are avoiding. God is saying, change this thing. Hold on, fix it. Hold on, fix it. So I took up this lady in prayer. She began to pray. After two days, she told me, I have lost appetite for, to sleep with men. I have lost the appetite. She began to pray. She, I put her on fasting for one week. She began to fast. She began to pray. She started going to church. This lady began to see visions. That, you see, God knows how to redeem people. That's why it's not good to judge people. Don't judge people. No matter whether they are Satan, they are this, they are that. I'm not saying she will endorse the devil. That's not what I'm saying. But no matter how bad somebody is, don't judge them until it gets to a place to be judged. Pray for them. The first thing God did was began to show her visions of rapture. She will call me crying on phone. She will be crying. What is it? She will be crying. I haven't forgotten her name right now. She will be crying. I saw a vision. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I saw Jesus. I saw angels. I saw rapture. The whole world destroyed. All of it was God wanted to bring her back. I put her on fasting, put her on prayer. She began to see vision. She started evangelism in the same country where she was a prostitute. She began evangelism. Before God opened doors for her, she reached out to her family. Her family sent her money. She went back to Nigeria. The last time I spoke with her, she told me that she got into this um, some federal government scheme that they teach um, people who are um, youths. Youth, they have a skill where they teach youth sewing, hairdressing, those things. She got into it. She's learning how to um, sew clothes and manufacture textile materials. Say, Pastor, my life is better now. My life is fine now. I'm no, I have no more appetite. He said, if I don't sleep with four or five men a day, I can't sleep. It's like an addiction. I can't, even if it's a baby, I don't even care. I don't even care. Even if it's a madman, he said, I don't care. As long as there is somebody that has to just sleep with me, I'm fine. Even if you won't pay me for the service, no problem. In fact, it's better you owe me. Just do it on credit. Later you pay. But it has to just happen. And suddenly, that same person is now there living her life, doing a normal job. So if she had come and we are praying, Father, let her get married. Father, we pray she will get married. And after six months, she will say the prayer is not working. But she's not talking about the other issue that could destroy her marriage. Somebody came for prayer and after a lot of prayers, oh, I want to get married. After a lot of prayers, prayer, prayers, she met somebody to get married to. The day she got to the family house, the boy's father is somebody who had carried her on the roadside while she was standing on the road looking for customers. Then the supposed to be father-in-law is a man who had slept with her. That was how everything got destroyed. So at the end of the day, we don't want to deal with real issues. 
We don't want to deal with re-issues, but we want God to just give us what we want to get. We don't care. All right? So in you now praying, you should be able to find out, Father, what, is, what are you saying? What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? All right? Call upon me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things. Okay? So after you have spoken, after you have made your request known, the next thing you do is become silence. All right? This is how to pray. This is one of the most effective ways to pray. Either while you are praying, you are matured enough to be listening to God, or when you are done praying, don't just stand up, amen, and walk away, or go and sleep. No. Stay in meditation for some minutes, hour, whatever. Father, what are you saying now? What are you saying? Let me get Mark 1 verse 35. That's why it is midnight prayer is very powerful because in midnight, you get a more calm environment. It helps you to listen to God. Let me get Mark 1 35, Luke 5 16, Luke 6 verse 12. Listen to what God is saying. Don't just pray, ga, 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 ga. Okay, we come online here and we pray. While we pray, say, okay, I want us to finish praying before I begin to prophesy. Or in the course of prayer, I begin to prophesy. So what do I, what am I doing when I'm prophesying? I'm now being calm to hear what God has said. Are you getting it? I'm giving you, I'm trying to make this thing as simple, as simple, as simple, as simple, so that you can repeat the same thing on your own. So we pray, we are done praying, I will now stop. Okay, and I start trying to listen to. Or while I'm praying, I'm asking God, what are you saying? So I can tell somebody, okay, look, look at what God is saying. Look at what God is saying. Look at what God is saying. And you get excited. Ah, God has sent the word for me. Okay, that's fine. But it's not enough. You, when you now pray, what is God telling you? How come you don't get a word from God? That is one of the biggest challenges of your prayer life. That's the biggest challenge of your prayer life. And you've got to deal with it. Can I get that scripture now? Mark 1, 35, Luke 5, 16, Luke 6, verse 12. Now in the morning, having risen a long time while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. According to the Jewish calendar, I learned that they actually start counting morning, them, they start counting morning from 4 a.m., all right, and Jesus was of, of, the, of the Jewish culture. So the Bible said he began to pray in the morning, even before the daylight. What that means, he was actually praying between 3 to 4 a.m. Are you following? He was praying between 3 to 4 a.m. So what was it? The Bible said he went to a solitary place. He went to a quiet place where he can pray and hear God. So he didn't just go, oh, Jesus prayed, I will pray, oh, I will pray. If I don't pray, Satan will make mess of me. Ga, 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 oh, ga, 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 Father, Father, I must get visa this year. I must get visa. I must get visa. Amen. Amen. Visa, visa, visa. I must get visa. I must get visa. I must. Okay. After you are done with I must get visa, what did God say? Did God say you must get the visa or you must not get the visa? What did God say? What did God say? Learn to create solitary times for prayer. Pray and meditate. 
What has God said? Listen, prophecy is not difficult. Hearing God is not difficult. It is you being still in the place of prayer that is difficult. Our spirit is always distracted. Our spirit is always distracted. I think the next thing I will talk on is how to stay focused in prayer. A lot of you, as you are praying next thing, you are thinking about your workplace, you are thinking of your mother, you are thinking of this, your spirit is jumping, distracted here and there, here and there. You will end up not being fruitful in the place of prayer. Somebody said to me, say, Pastor, I'm under attack. I said, what's the attack? Say, any time I want to pray, that's when my phone must ring. Any time I want to pray, somebody must come and look for me. And I said, this, 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 this attack is very serious. It's a very serious attack. And it sounds funny to most of you, but it's true. Whenever you want to pray, something will come up. Whenever you want to pray, something will... Whenever you want to pray, your mind is going somewhere, your distant. You can't get the result in prayer. Somebody have a question. Please, if um, someone prof prophesies in tongues and does not interpret the prophecy, does it mean the prophecy is meaningful? Do you understand the prophecy? That's the, that's the answer to the question. What you understand, is it meaningful? The answer to your question is answer the question. If I speak Igbo to you, you don't understand. What I said, is it meaningful? No. So there's no meaning. I, and I answered this question a few minutes ago. Go and listen to the teaching on, um, I have, go to, go to the podcast, you will find teaching on speaking in tongues. You will find the answer there. Bible said, if you are speaking in tongues, in public, where others are, who don't understand tongues, your tongues is a waste. All right? There should be a means of you communicating to them. That's why when we come to pray, I have to raise the prayer in normal language. I, I explained it a few minutes ago, so we're not going back there. I already explained it. All right. Let me get Luke 5, 16, Luke 6, verse 12. I have 10 points. We are, we are, we're only on one. I'm going to stop once we are done with this. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night to, to, um, in prayer to God. He continued all night in prayer to God. And when you come to that prayer Jesus had, just like the other verse we read and the one we're going to read after, you will find out that all his prayer was not actually just ga 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 Oh yeah, fire, 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 fire. There's a time when he gets still to find out what is the will of the Father. Father, this week, I'm going to, um, um, I want to go into Jerusalem. What are you saying? I want to go into um, this place. What? So, this kind of prayer, this kind of, when I tell people go and do night prayer, what did you just carry prayer? Ka, ka, go, ka, 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 ka. And the morning I ask them, so what did you see? Nothing, you no. Know. What did God tell you? Nothing, you no. Know. And some come with a report. Um, I had a dream. Listen, you can have a dream and, and God is not the one that spoke. Don't misunderstand your dream. You can have a dream and God is not the one that spoke. It's two different things, having a dream and God speaking. Every dream is not the voice of God. Every dream is not vision from God. So that you prayed and you saw a dream does not mean God already spoke. All right? I did teaching on dreams also. Go back and listen to that teaching. I'm not going to talk on this here. Go back, check the podcast. I've done teaching on dreams. And I, will, I will do part two, I think, next week or so. I will do part two on the teaching on dreams. Go back and listen to it. If you listen to that teaching and you don't understand dreams, forget you will never understand dream again in your life. 
Never. You will never understand dreams again in your life. The other scripture, Luke 5, 16, says, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. He withdrew himself into the wilderness. So in all the scripture we've read now, we see that Jesus or that, that goes out to pray in a quiet time, goes out to pray in a quiet place, all right? In a quiet time or a quiet place. This is his main characters in prayer. In a quiet time or in a quiet place. In a quiet time or in a quiet place. And this is what you, how you actually generate power in prayer. You want to become a powerful Christian, this is one of the greatest secrets. It's not by praying, gaga, go, gaga, 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 fire, power, power, hey, 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 power. They are good though. But listen, the, the strongest force of prayer is your quiet time. When God, listen, you can say a thousand words, and yet there is no power deposited upon you. But one response from God can release power into your destiny. After a thousand, gaga, go, 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 go. And God said nothing. And somebody who prayed, meditated, focused on God, and God said, go, it is done. That one person that heard go, it is done, is more powerful than that one that is more powerful. Am I saying loud prayer is wrong? No, don't get my contest wrong. The contest is in communication. The contest is in communication. All right? So, in one of the things we will learn about the prayer of Jesus, some of us will just wake up and say, Jesus went to the mountain to pray. You go to the mountain. It's not just about the location now. It's about understanding what you are going there to do and the right attitude. The right attitude in prayer. Give me Psalm 4 verse 4, Psalm 37 verse 7. Psalm 4 verse 4. Psalm 37 verse 7. So why does he go to the mountain? Today, everybody's going to the prayer mountain. Why does Jesus go to the mountain? To withdraw himself from the crowd. It was because there were a lot of people around him. There were a lot of people. So he, does, he doesn't go to the mountain because, listen, if you can hear God in your room, pray there. You don't have to pack your load to Atria Mountain. Pack your load to Atrimota Forest and say, he said, Psalm 4, verse 4, not 1. Psalm 4, verse 4. Psalm 4, verse 4. All right, Psalm 37, verse 7 said, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. So you see, rest in the Lord. While you pray, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his ways, because of the man who bringeth wicked divided to bad. So the... What I'm looking for there is rest in the Lord. Wait patiently. Be still. If you read, I think um, the NIV or the NLT said, be still. Be still. See if you can get NIV or NLT for me in Psalm 37 verse 7. It said, be still. Psalm 4 verse 4 says, stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon thy bed and be still. So, it is saying there's a kind of prayer you can even pray on your bed that nobody around you, that should not become your general culture of prayer. No. This should not become your general culture of prayer. Every prayer, oh yeah, you have to be calm on your bed. No. He said, but this kind of prayer, be still. Meditate. It is called meditation. That's another word for all we are talking about. Meditate. What is God saying? 
Father, what are you saying? Monto You see, you can be by me and I will pray for one hour. You won't even know I'm praying. You can be by me. Who I will pray for one hour. You won't even know I'm praying. And when I tell you what I saw, you will be shocked. You won't know I'm praying. It's not for everyone. It's for those who have trained themselves to pray in that pattern and understand it. So, it's, uh, okay, thank you for the other version now. It said, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still. Stop always being busy before God. Okay, when you are done, calm down now. Say you are finished reporting yourself. Calm down and hear what God has to say. Be still. It's a very great advantage in prayer. It's a very great skill that a lot of believers miss out. A lot of believers miss out this skill in the place of prayer. So Jesus would pray like this. So when you see him coming to heal the sick, you discover that he doesn't pray anymore. Because in the secret, him and the father have already settled that every sick he prays for must be healed. You see, when it comes to multiply five blues of bread and two fishes, he doesn't pray anymore because in the secret, he has already received what it takes to multiply. So he used statements like this, Father, thank you because I know that you've already heard me. Thank you because I know that you hear me all. So all it comes to do is to manifest. He said, but because of the people that are here, because of them. So some of you, that if you come to me, you are sick and I didn't pray. I said, stand up. Maybe say, let's say you cannot work. I said, stand up. You would not want to because I have not even prayed. But if we have prayed one hour, let's pray. By the time we are done, you now say, okay, they will not start trying because you now saw that one gymnastics has taken place. They have done one exercise. So now the prayer is hot. Power has come. You are deceiving yourself. The best way to actually pray is to spend time on behind the scene and pray. Come to the physical and manifest. But what do we do? We come to the physical, trying to force prayer and trying to manifest at the same time. I can come online here and begin to prophesy. I've done it several times. Just come online and start prophesying without saying anything. But I know that a lot of us who come to join don't pray. Some have not prayed. Some needs prayer for certain things to be sorted around them. So I have to now come, start up with the word of God. Some don't even read their Bible. Go into prayer before we now begin to prophesy. Because all of these things are necessary for the believer in Christ. But if I've, I've done my work, I've spent my time behind the scene, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've worshipped, I can just come online from the beginning to the end, prophesying without any prayer. But somebody else who have not followed will come and say, somebody who loves the word of God will say, ah, that man of God, think he's not genuine. He doesn't even pray. He just can't start prophesying. There's something wrong somewhere. Not knowing I've already done my job behind the scene. So praying in secret, not just praying in secret, praying when you can hear God back is one of your greatest strength and advantage for prayer. Praying when you can hear God back is one of your greatest strength and advantage for prayer.
Hallelujah. I'm going to stop here. My time is out. I have five minutes left. I have nine more points to go on. Maybe we'll continue this evening if God permits. Does anybody have any more question? Do you have any more question? I want to end the meeting so that I can post, um, so that we can get, um, what is it called? The recording to listen to. If you have a question, type it. Just go ahead and put it on quickly. I have five minutes left. It's now four minutes. So prayer can work. Prayer is possible. Start listening to God. Start communicating from today. What can you do when you no more have strength to pray? What is taking the strength? That's the first thing. Stop what is taking your strength. That's the first thing to do. Stop what is taking your strength. I had a time I couldn't pray in the night. I used to pray in the night a lot. I couldn't pray in the night. As I called my spiritual father. I said, sir, I'm under attack. Pray for me. Say, how do you know? I said, I can't pray at night anymore. He said to me, what is your daily routine? I said, I will go to church in the morning, go for evangelism and do that. He said, what time do you come home? I said, I come about 7, 8 o'clock. And what time do you eat? I said, I eat by that time, 8 to 9. He said, when do you sleep? I said, I sleep maybe between 9 to 10. And he said, and you want to pray at 12? I said, yes. He said, it won't work. I said, sir, what do you mean? Pray for me. I want that attack. He said, no. Cut down your activities in the day. Find time to rest. Your activities in the day is stealing your rest. You can't cheat nature. It's taking away your, your focus, taking away peace from your body. So in the night, you will not be able to wake up. If you even wake up and pray, you'll be praying, dozing off. Praying, dozing off. Find time within the day to get some rest or sleep early so that you can wake up early and all that. That is number one. Number two, find, you can't pray again. Look for a prayer partner. You discover that you are losing strength to pray. You are, you, you are not enjoying prayer anymore. Get a prayer partner. Get a prayer partner. Instead of looking for a bestie, instead of looking for somebody to help keep you lonely, everyone, listen, the best thing you need is a prayer partner. Oh, I'm lonely. I want somebody to keep me company. All those things won't help you. Before you know, gossip has started, problem will start. Look for a prayer partner. It's the best thing that can happen to you. Somebody that when you meet, will pray. Even if you talk about other things, but the main thing we do, we pray. And when you can't hear God, the person can hear God. When the person can't hear God, you can hear God. So it's going to help you. Another thing is always spend time around those that pray. Always spend time around those that pray. Always spend time around those that pray. If that continue, then a demon has possessed you. You need deliverance. Yeah. If you are possessed by a demon, it will not permit you to pray. But it happens often, maybe you have confronted what you should not confront, or you have committed certain sins of the flesh that something has now crawled into your body. So it begins to pull you out of the place of prayer. You begin to hate prayer. You don't enjoy prayer. Prayer looks like a burden. At that point, you need somebody to do deliverance for you. Huh? Your prayer that time will not help you. You need somebody to lay hands on you. Cast away that spirit. Your fire will come back. The agakwata of them all is fasting. Go on the fast. Declare three days dry fasting. Let me know why the fire will not come back. You will be the one to be begging the fire to come down. Declare three days dry fasting. Take break off work, off everything. Go to a solitary place and stay. Three days, no food, no water. If you don't, if prayer, fire prayer does not come back, 
then they will know where, where that thing is coming from. All right? So it's that easy. I think there's no other question. All right. Um, I will continue this series either this evening or within the week, whatever God permits me to deal on. Father, we thank you this morning for answers to prayer. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for everyone here. Let them receive the grace to pray effectively. Let them receive the grace right now to pray effectively. Receive fresh fire to pray. Receive the strength, the zeal, the hunger to pray. In the name of Jesus. Father, I ask anyone whose ears have been shut, that they have been trying to dialogue and they are not hearing, let their ears be open now. Let them begin to get a feedback in prayer. Father, whatever prayer anyone here has been praying, and it looks as though answers are not coming, I declare answers now to that request. I declare answers now to that request. I declare answers now, speedy answers to that request. There will be a testimony for you concerning that issue. No more delay. No more delay. I call you blessed. I call you blessed. I call you favored. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray. Amen. Tonight, we are meeting at 5 p.m. If you are in Sugakope, join me at Hebron Guest House. If you are in Sugakope, I don't want to see you online. Come, let's pray physically. Come, I want to meet you. Let's pray. I want, let's have a time and also on time of fellowship. Five o'clock, eight o'clock, we are out. Eight o'clock is, is that we are out. It's a promise I'm making to you. Eight o'clock, we are out. So do well to be part of that prayer today. Our meeting in our Christ is coming on on the 21st of um, this month. That's next week, Friday. Or the, this coming week, this coming Friday, on the 21st of April, we are meeting right in Accra. You will find the information on the platform. You are joining us for the first time. Kindly go ahead and follow the page. Um, you want to be part of our WhatsApp platform, drop your contact right now. An admin will take the contact and add you. You want to reach out to me one-on-one. -on -one. You want us to talk or anything personal. An admin will drop a contact. Reach out to the number of the admin and book an appointment. And I will get to you just at the right time. Until I see you again, my name is Pastor Norbert Freeman. You know I love you, and there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. Have a good day, and see you at 5. Bye-bye.
as I learn to walk your ways. So day by day, as I follow through my And all my passions To yield the faith And the pleasures of your heart Your road and step Are my confidence of peace And my great comfort To be pleasing As a vessel for your drink I surrender To you, to faith, and the pleasures of 